Welcome to this episode of the Empowered M Podcast. My name is Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I am obsessed with all things spirituality, business, and personal growth. I started this podcast at 21 years old whilst I was studying my Masters of Architecture at uni. It is fair to say that this podcast catapulted my life in a direction I never imagined possible. Soon after starting this podcast, I dropped out of my degree, quit my nine to five job and started my own business and in eight months of starting became a six figure CEO. Inside of this podcast, I share insights into the realities of being a 20-something CEO, along with actionable tips to help you unlock your true potential and create a soul-aligned and impactful life and business. So pull up a seat, put on your headset, and get ready to get empowered. Welcome to another episode inside of the 9 to 5 Exit Strategy series. As you already know, this series is all about bringing um, real stories to you guys from past and present clients that are inside of my world who have all really made that transition for themselves to go full-time into their 9 to 5 or to be on their way to be, sorry, to go full-time in their business and leave the nine to five or are on their way to going full-time. Um, so we've heard some amazing stories over the podcast so far, and I'm bringing another incredible human to the podcast today to share her beautiful and unique story. And remember, the reason why we're having these conversations is so that you can hopefully find someone whose journey you really resonate with, because we're all on such different paths when it does come to making that transition out of our nine to five jobs and going full time in business. Um, So, you know, your journey might not look the same as mine, but it might look the same as someone else who comes here on the podcast. So in saying so, I'm very excited to introduce you guys to Ellie Hoke who was one of my recent graduates from this year's cohort in the academy so welcome Ellie thanks I'm happy to be here me too because it gets me so excited to be able to obviously share your journey and your story with everyone because you know it hasn't really been too long that you've been on your business journey for and you've just been able to celebrate going full-time in your business recently which is a massive milestone so I'm very excited to obviously unpack all of that with you today yeah, thank you so much. Today is actually Mark's two weeks being full-time business. So oh yeah, my very God. recent and very exciting. How does that feel, you know, to be able to say that you've been full-time in business for two weeks now? Uh, it feels, honestly, it feels so right and it feels so calm. I think mm-hmm. that I expected that it would feel very scary Um, And I expected that it would be a lot of unknown, but because I found the trust in myself of like, I will make this work no matter what, I'll make this work. Um, Whether that means I need to try something new or I need to go back to the old things, I will make it work. So it actually feels really just calm and good and peaceful. Um, and I'm very happy about that because after a year of wanting to do this full time, I would say it's, it was almost exactly a year which when, when I decided to start a business versus when I left. So after a year of thinking about it and being so nervous about what it would feel like when I finally took the leap for it to actually be such an overwhelming sense of peace and calm 
was very surprising and a very happy surprise. Yes. Well, we can dive deeper into that element of self-trust in today's conversation because yeah. I feel like that is such a big one. But before we do dive into that, you mentioned that it's been about a full year since you yeah. started your business and now have been able to go full-time for yourself. So can you paint a bit of a picture for our listeners about like where you were when you actually stepped into this journey? Like, did you have anything set up? Were you starting from scratch? Just so then they can start to kind of understand like what can be possible for themselves in 12 months. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the place I was at a year ago, I had graduated my master's program and about six months before that time. Mm. And in my master's program, I had a heavy focus on data analytics, which is what I was doing full-time. I was doing full-time data analytics work in the HR space and human resources. And I was... I felt like I was doing all the right things. Like I felt like I was in the job I was supposed to be in post-graduation and I was using my math brain. I have a, I have a math brain. I think I've told you this before and I liked that part, but I really missed the part of my old jobs where, when I was a recruiter before, Mm -hmm. where I would be meeting a lot of people, going out into the community and providing a lot of great value. So I've provided value in data analytics for sure, but not nearly the same impact as I did in my um, both recruiting work and volunteer career coaching. And so um, I was, I was very unhappy, but like not knowing that I was very unhappy. So I was like, well, I'm doing all the right things. Like, this is the job I want to have. Like this, I'm making decent money. I was actually making so much money that I felt bad about it. And so I was just truly unfulfilled. And I, there was one night specifically that I, it's, it's the night, it's kind of my, what I call like my eureka moment, my light bulb moment that really stands out to me. And I just kind of woke up at three in the morning and was like, I don't want to do this. I actually really don't want to do this. I don't want to be at my computer and just working by myself all day and talking to maybe my two other coworkers that I had. I want to be going out and meeting new people and meeting people like almost every day. That was, that's what I really wanted. Um, And so that was when the business really started was that night right there. And the reason I chose career coaching was not only because I had experience in it from recruiting, but because it really did fill my cup. When somebody, my um, my coworker asked me what I would do if I won the lottery and I didn't need to work anymore, my answer was I would spend my time teaching high school students and college students how to interview um, because I know that that is a really fulfilling activity for me. And so that was why I decided to move forward with a career coaching business. And then that 3 a.m., I just grab my phone. I start Googling like how to start a career coaching business, how to start a business, um, what are all the licenses you need? And it all felt very big and scary. Mm. And then you do a Google and 20 minutes later, you're like, that's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was the kind that was the the start, the story start. Amazing. I love that you had that like aha moment in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night. You know, what's funny as well. They say when you have those um, pings come to you at like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning, that's a very spiritual message that you're receiving. 
Um, so obviously, you know, you had that realization that that's what you wanted to start exploring. And then you said you jumped onto Google and started doing some research. So for mm-hmm. anyone who's maybe at that point where they're having this realization of like, Hey, I actually want to start a business. What are some of the first steps that you took from there, um, mm-hmm. in order to get the ball rolling on, you know, actually putting your business in action? Yeah. Great question. I, through that Googling, I was bookmarking a lot of things because it was three in the morning. And I also wasn't at home. I was at my boyfriend's house at the time. So I didn't have my laptop on me or anything. I only had my phone. So I was just bookmarking a lot of things that I was like, okay, I'm going to come back to this once I wake up uh, in the morning. And once I'm back at my laptop and I have pen and paper and I can really think clearly. Um, And the things that I was bookmarking were things about um, finding your niche, um, about the, the licensing process, um, and about like, um, defining a business purpose. And so those were, I would say like the three things I started with. And the reason I put licensing in there is because it was like the thing that was holding me back. I would say the most from ever starting a business before is because I felt like it would be way too hard to figure out. And I'm not going to lie. Like it's not always super easy, but it's not as hard as I was making it out to be. So I needed to have that education to know that I could do it. Um, So those were the things I got started with. And then just kind of brain dumping all of my ideas and my philosophies around recruiting. One of the reasons I left recruiting was because I was not able to really tell my candidates the reasons why I was rejecting them. I had to give them very vague reasoning um, just due to company policies. And it's just safer for the company that way. And I did not like that at all. And so that's why career coaching felt like a better fit was because I could really tell people and give them that feedback that they really needed. Mm. Um, So Yeah. And so just getting started, just kind of brain dumping all of those philosophies just into a document that I still use today (laughs) whenever I get stuck and I need ideas. Um, And then talking to people. Um, That was that was the next piece was telling my mom, (laughs) telling my boyfriend at the time, telling my friends. And every time I told somebody, my conviction just grew stronger and stronger because I would explain to them my purpose um, and my goals. And uh, it always just felt really good after having those conversations. And I did, and it's very true. Like I did have some, um, some loved ones who were nervous about it as well. And they would, you know, they'd be like, are you sure you want to do this? This is a really big undertaking. This is going to take a lot of work from you. But Again, no matter what, all those objections, I my conviction was so strong and it just mm-hmm. got stronger every time. Mm-hmm. That was how, how I got started. Yeah, I love that. So there was a lot there and there's something I yeah. want to unpack, which is specifically relating to that last part that you shared in terms of like having to start to have those conversations because that is a big step in the journey is having to um, start to share, you know, with your loved ones, your friends, mentors, like whoever it may be for you. So Mm -hmm. obviously you were having these conversations with lots of different people in your life. What was that experience like for you? Like, was it something that was scary to do at the, at the start? How did you overcome that? If so, and how did you even navigate those people who maybe put some, you know, projected some doubt onto you along the way? Luckily, very early in my journey, I heard a piece of advice that stands out a lot when I think about those conversations. And that is that your loved ones just want to protect you. They're coming from a place of wanting you to be safe and 
undertaking a business is like to them doesn't feel like a super safe thing. They might have preconceived notions about what starting a business means. A lot of people think it's a really expensive thing to do. Um, and so a lot of the concerns that came up, I had to remind myself that it was coming from a place of love from mm-hmm. the person who I was talking to. And it was coming from a place of them just wanting to protect me. Um, however, you can't grow inside of this protective box. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and luckily the people who I told, like the first person I told was my mom and my mom it believes in me more than I believe in myself. So I knew telling her would be easy peasy. She's also an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, my, and my dad as well. Um, and then my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law telling them was very easy because they are very inquisitive. And so they would just ask me more questions about like what I wanted to do and made me really dive deep. And so that was a very productive conversation. And then with my larger family, I actually announced it at Thanksgiving dinner, (laughs) um, which was very, um, dramatic, (laughs) um, just in that, in the sense of like, I'm making a big announcement at Thanksgiving dinner. But, um, that was when I started to have some objections. And again, I just reminded myself that it was from a place of love Mm -hmm. and, um, then I just, I heard them out. I heard out their, their objections because they want to protect me and, you know, being safe is important still, even though you can't always grow inside of this safe box, but you know, you don't want to jump all the way out of the box and just go crazy. Um, so yeah, I would just hear them out and, um, you know, I would consider what they were saying and, Um, but ultimately I had to come back to what my truth was. Um, Mm. so even if there, there was one situation where I had a a disagreement with a family member on, um, whether my business would be for profit or nonprofit. And, Mm -hmm. um, I had to eventually, (laughs) um, come to, come to terms with that. We were going to disagree on that. And, um, Mm. I think eventually they accepted it too. And now, now they support me very deeply. And, um, so yeah, it's scary, but it it can be done. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. And I think it's such a valuable point that you shared as well, that whenever you do receive that, like, you know, uh, projection of fears from family and loved ones, it really is coming from place of love, right? They just want to make sure that you're going to be safe. They don't necessarily understand what it is you're doing. They can't see what it is that you can see for yourself. And when they're in, you know, stuck in the world of the nine to five, becoming Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur makes zero sense to them, especially. So that's really valuable advice there to just remember that people are coming at you from a place of love and to just take everything like as a pinch of salt, like take note of what it is that they're bringing up and how can you then like put plans in place to then prevent that risk happening, right? And actually use it as an element within that whole action plan that you are creating for yourself. So thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that part there with us. Now, obviously, you know, it's been about 12 months that you've been on this journey now. So at what point along that 12-month journey, you know, that first year of your business, did you really decide that, yes, like, I'm going to make this my full-time thing? Was that from the get-go or was there a certain milestone along the way where you, like, really seriously started to lean in to make that happen? Yeah, great question. I always knew from the get-go that this would be my full-time one day. My hope was that it would be sooner (laughs) than it happened. 
And I've definitely come to peace with the fact that it took a little bit longer than I was expecting. I mean, a year is actually still pretty phenomenal. Um, I'm just yeah. an overachiever. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to be able to do it within six months, but I, in, um, around like the eight month mark, I went down to part-time. So that was a win then there too. Mm. But yeah, so I always knew I wanted to do it. The, the time where I decided like, okay, I can actually start to make this happen, um, was when I put systems in place that mm. I was following consistently. So at the start of my business, it was a lot of trying a new strategy, implementing it for about a week, (laughs) and then moving on. And Mm -hmm. one thing I actually learned from you, and we talked about this a lot, is because I worked in data analytics, I had an analytical mind, is I would analyze something way too fast. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. stick with a strategy. I wouldn't stick with a system. And so I asked you, I think at one point I asked you, how long do you have to stick with a new strategy until you can evaluate if it's for you or not? And you told me 90 days. (laughs) And so I started doing that. And then once I stuck with it for a while, realized I could stick with it, realized I could be consistent with it and started to see results from it. That was when I was like, okay, I can do this because no matter what, I can fall back onto these systems if I need to. Um, Those systems, I will say they're, they're always ever changing. Um, They, they vary um, from season to season but um, just because I'm always trying to improve them, but the system itself, the overall system itself, the structure stays the same. You just change little tiny pieces here and there, like uh, the header that you're using or the way that you start a message with someone, little tiny, teeny tweaks, but the overall strategy sticks and stays the same. Mm, Amazing. So something you did bring up there was obviously uh, by the eight month mark, you actually dropped down from full time to being part time in your previous job. So let's have a little bit more of a look into that, because obviously when you are making that transition to go full time into your business, there's lots of different considerations that you really need to um think about in order to determine what's the specific action plan or like, you know, path that you're going to take in order to make your exit. So Mm -hmm. stepping down to part-time was obviously one component of your exit plan. What were some of those key considerations that you really, you know, took into mind when it came to mapping out how you were going to be exiting? Great question. Great, great question. The two main considerations was my calendar and my finances. So Mm -hmm. when I went down to part-time and I'm very, very grateful to have worked for the organization I did that allowed me to go part-time, that was, that it was unlike anything they'd ever done in the department before. So I was very thankful for that opportunity. Um, But when I was doing the calculate, it was all, it was very calculated. It was a calculated decision because I calculated how much money I need, like baseline amount of money I need to survive, get by, pay my rent, buy food. Mm. And then I looked at my calendar and I said, okay, these are the hours that I'm spending in my nine to five. And then these are the hours I spend on my business. And then these are the hours I exercise and rest and et cetera. Mm. And, um, so when I was looking at, well, we'll start with the calendar. So I was looking at the calendar and I was going, okay, what if I did five hour days and then took a break for lunch and then worked on the business for the afternoon evening, which is what I ended up doing. So I would work uh, five hour days, Monday through Thursday and a four hour day on Fridays. And I would work in the mornings uh, in my, my 
nine to five, if you will, even though it wasn't nine to five anymore, but it was uh, seven to noon. And then I would then have after lunch um, open to work on business before I would go to, um, I play ultimate Frisbee. So before I would go to ultimate Frisbee. Um, And so knowing that I would have more time and more flexibility to work on my business was huge um, because I was starting to make money from my business. So it was like, I'm now spending, I'm not just like writing a business plan or just doing things that um, don't result in any payment. The the business work I was doing was like, I'm, I was getting to the point where I was almost being paid more to do my business than I was in my nine to five. So, um, that was a big decision, uh, or excuse me, a big component of making that decision. Then for the, the finances piece, yeah, I was calculating the, the minimum amount I would need to survive. I, uh, and that was okay. So that minimum amount with my hourly rate, how many hours a week do I need to work? Um, and the answer was 24. And so that's why I did the, the four or five hour days and then the four hour day. And then I brought that to my boss and I said, Hey, I would love to drop down to a 0.6 FTE, which FTE, if you're not in HR, just means full-time equivalent. So I was yeah. 60% of a full-time equivalent, meaning I work 24 hours a week. And that was how I made that decision. It was calculated, but it also is spiritual too. Um, yeah. it's shifting the energy from being a nine to five worker with a side hustle to being a, having basically two jobs, <laughs> uh, two, yeah. I would say like two part-time jobs, even though it was probably more like full-time in the business with the hours I was spending on it. But, um, yeah, it is a big energy shift. Um, it, it, I will honestly say I, it was, it was a big it was a, it took a lot of energy to do both that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was giving 110% to both occupations and that took a lot out of me. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm very happy to not be doing that anymore. <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. say that, <laughs> but it was a necessary step, I think. Yeah. And I can yeah. completely resonate with that as well. And it is something that I do see a lot of because obviously making that shift from one job into another, like it's not as clean as just cutting off that one completely and then pouring all your energy and focus into the next, right? Like oftentimes there is a bit of an overlap that does happen. So I mm-hmm. guess, you know, for anyone who's in that position now where they're experiencing that overlap, where they're, you know, still having to pour so much into their nine to five, whilst also pouring so much into getting their business up and running, like what would your guidance be for them in order to create that balance and actually like move through that season without burning out? Hmm. Yeah. Say be super strict with your, with your time management, um, and set non-negotiable rest time. Mm. Um, for me, luckily like ultimate Frisbee is how I, that's how I relax. It's how I exercise and it's how I socialize. So, um, I kind of, I get all three from that, but ultimate Frisbee, when it's on the calendar, I'm not, not going. I've never skipped ultimate Frisbee for work or because I was too tired because I truly, I love it so much. It's, it's my hobby. Um, and so it's, it's, it's non-negotiable, but it's not like I have to be strict about it. Whereas taking like my lunch breaks and, you know, taking a day off, like taking a weekend off that I have to be a little bit more disciplined around and just remembering that rest is a productive activity. I I know that's been said several times before, but it really is true. And it's it's just hard to think that way because you're like, no, a productive activity is checking something off my list. (laughs) 
Um, but you can check way more off your list after a break than if you don't take one. Mm. Um, so it's an investment. Your rest is an investment. <laughs> I love that. Rest is an investment into yourself. And it really is because how can you expect yourself to be out of shop for everything if you're not actually giving yourself that space that you need to refill your cups, then you can put more back into these things that you ultimately want to be doing. I think mm-hmm. a large part when it does come to also making peace with the fact that you do need to prioritize rest is kind of like detaching from that pressure of the timeline you're placing on yourself to have to be somewhere by a certain point and being like, it's okay to slow down. And if my end date is amended slightly, because this means that at least I'm stepping into my business from an energetic place that's going to be sustainable rather than stepping into business, burning out and then crashing and going back to a nine to five job again. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, you're so right on with the timeline. It's like, you know, if I, if I have a timeline of making a thousand dollars in six, this is just an example, thousand dollars in, in six months yeah. and I don't meet it until eight months. I still made a thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like that's still a thousand dollars. It just took a little bit longer. No big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really do have to detach from the timeline. Um, but also, I mean, you can still set them and try to achieve them, but you just, you can't beat yourself up if you don't make it. And another thing I've been thinking about a lot too, especially now being full-time is reminding myself why I started this business. Yeah. So of course I wanted to create impact and I wanted to help people with their interviews. I want to be a career coach, but I, that's why I didn't, but there's a reason I didn't just go into a, a career coaching agency. There's a reason I started a business. And one of those main reasons is the time flexibility um, right. and not needing to tell my boss that I'm going to run an errand for lunch. <laughs> I, I, it's completely up to me. And I love that part of it. One thing, one little hack I have is um, I set my passwords as reminders. Um, so I won't give away my password by any means, but, um, I will use, so if, if, for example, my goal is, is flexibility, I'll try to use like flex somewhere within my password. So every time I'm typing my password for something, it's a reminder of like, this is why I do what I do. Um, so that's a fun little hack as well. Yeah, that's such powerful like mindset work that's so like simple, right? For just really reinforcing like what is it that you are wanting to be working towards. And I'd love to touch on the area of mindset briefly as well. Um, because I know that you spoke about at the start, like a big area of mindset that you focused on was that self-trust component. So um, you know, how first of like how did you actually um develop that self-trust within yourself to lean into this decision you were making? and actually put in the work to get to where you are today. Yeah. So there's two elements of self-trust that I needed to build. And one was my entrepreneurship, business ownership. And the other was my ability to coach. Mm. When I first started, I felt very strongly about my ability to coach, having done it for five years in a volunteer capacity and seen great results. I then also at the very start of my business offered my services um, for, I didn't offer them like completely for free. People had to kind of go through a, a vetting process and then they had to provide me with feedback along the way and um, testimonials and things like that. So not like completely free, but didn't charge any money for it. Yeah. Um, and I I lost track of my thought. (laughs) Um, But when, oh, why did I bring that up? (laughs) You're all good. Take your time. Okay. Um, 
Okay. Oh yes. My coaching acumen. Okay. So then, um, and that was helpful too, because I was like, okay, I definitely know I can do this. And then I was like, okay, now I need to build my business owner acumen, which meant sales, marketing, lead generation, um, the, the, you know, those daily tasks. And, um, so yeah, I had to build confidence in both of those areas. And sometimes I find that I feel like a really strong business owner and a poor career coach. Sometimes I feel like a great career coach and a poor business owner. And I think honestly, what happened to me was I started out really strong and then I overconsumed digital media. I overconsumed digital media around both interviewing and business. And when I came to you, and we had our first conversation, I remember very specifically that there was always some reel, like Instagram reel, like, and there would be like a new one every day going around in my mind. And I could, I was having a hard time absorbing all of the digital media that I was receiving. And it made me feel like I was doing things wrong. Um, so there's a whole lot of content about out there about how to run a business and how to do it successfully, as well as career coaching um, and how to interview. And, and so I was just over consuming and um, really having a hard time with distinguishing what was true for me, what I could use, what could I adapt and what I could reject. Um, and so, yeah, so building that self-trust then, what that looked like for me was actually getting some results. Um, So actually sitting down with a client and watching them go from a low energy at the start of our call to a high energy towards the end, which happens almost with every coaching call I have. And it is so empowering for me to just watch that transformation. Um, When my when my first client ever got a job offer, I got straight up goosebumps. And I was like, oh my gosh, we did this. And I say we did this because he had to put in a lot of the work too. Um, But he, he and I are actually, we are good friends and he will remind me time and time again, like I couldn't have done this without you, couldn't have got here without you. And Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff really does build your confidence. And then also too, when I don't have maybe a testimonial to fall back on, uh, I I think about my next client. I think about what, and you told me to do this. (laughs) I think about my next client and what they're going to be like in five, 10, 15 years, what their life is going to look like after they've gone through my program or worked with me. Um, And that is really motivating as well. And that really boosts my confidence. So much in that. And what I want to particularly unpack with you was you mentioned as well when you were over consuming online and like, you know, the self-research you were doing and also just what you were seeing on Instagram, it was leaving you feeling very overwhelmed and very unsure about what is the path that I need to take. And you were switching up strategies left, right and center because you just didn't know what direction to be moving in. Now, obviously you've made investments into yourself along the last 12 months of your journey. And so I'm curious to know, aside from helping clear up that overwhelm, what difference do you feel that investing into mentorship really made in your ability to go full-time in your business? Mm. Mm. We talk about this a lot where making an investment is an energy shift. It's, it's a commitment. It's, I just spent X amount of dollars on this. I better make this work. (laughs) Um, and so that, that, that's one piece for sure. But I think the other piece is what you were touching on of, um, getting streamlined and like catered 
feedback from someone who has gone through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it can't be matched. I mean, and I want to try to, I want to try to get this message to to my clients as well when they come to me and we have our first conversation and I can tell that they're bouncing between the Instagram reels that they've seen. Um, I want them to know that like there is a way to get clarity. You just have to get it from one source and you have to find that source that you really trust. Um, and so if you follow a bunch of business creators, let's say, um, or, uh, business coaches, you follow a bunch of them. If there's one that really resonates with you, stick with that person. Um, and I, that was one of the reasons I chose you was because you were in my eyes, one of the most authentic business coaches I saw on the platform. You talked about your personal story and feeling, um, or, or being a younger entrepreneur, um, that, cause that resonated with me a lot because that's something I, I, one of my biggest, um, ro- like kind of roadblocks that I faced in my own mindset was thinking I was too young to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you had talked about that, that was, I was like, well, she did it she's, you're actually younger than me and (laughs) like, she's doing it and she's nailing it. So clearly I can do this. Um, so yeah, finding that source that you really trust and who speaks to you, um, and just sticking with them. Um, and you know, of course you can still consume content, but you, you come back to your core, um, when you invest in mentorship Mm -hmm. and then you can also talk about the things that you see too. Like yeah. I have my clients often say, oh, well, I saw this, I saw this thing about resumes. What do you think about it? And they're actually coming to me for my opinion before they make a decision. Um, and that's a huge shift as well. Yeah. Like having that sounding board, someone that can ultimately like reflect yes. these ideas back and forth with you to make sure that whatever it is you are implementing is going to be in alignment with you. And then also having those conversations around like the progress or the lack of progress you're seeing as well. It ultimately just builds a lot more confidence in yourself when you are taking that action. Absolutely. I made a post right after I had I think it was like the day after I started working with you Yeah, where there was this huge shift of like, I don't need to be perfect anymore because Em's going to come look at this and she's going to tell me if it's good or if it's bad. And before, when I was working by myself, I had to be the one to make it good um, with, with little to no feedback. Um, and that was huge. And that's so helpful. So yeah, like I w- with my clients, like if they're rewriting their resume, for example, I'll be like, just, just do it. Just do something and we'll make it perfect. So don't worry about making it perfect. Just do something and then we'll refine it. Um, and that actually gets the ball rolling and gets some progress happening. So that is another huge win when it comes to having a mentor. Oh, well, thank you for sharing all of that, Ellie. Now we are getting to the end of this podcast episode, but there's one final question that I want to ask you. Now, I want you to think about, you know, the version of yourself who was back at that very beginning point of deciding, yes, I want to lean in. I want to take those steps forward and go full time in my business. What advice would you give them? So what is that final piece of advice that you'd want to leave for someone else who's maybe in that position today? Okay. Um. It's not going to be what you expect. It's going to be so much better. Oh. <laughs> and I know, I know. Cause and I what's so funny is I have to say that second part because I am somebody who I'm very type A. I like control. I like organization. I like knowing what's going to happen. But 
And I, I actually did know that when I started my business, I knew it wasn't going to be as I expected. I knew that there was going to be things that would come up and I knew that it would not be this picture perfect creation that I was making in my mind. I knew that, but I didn't know that I would enjoy the roller coaster as much as I do and yeah. that it would be even better than what I could ever achieve. So I recently closed a, a $6,000 deal with a business and like if I could go back in time and, and tell her that, she'd be like, are you serious? They're paying you $6,000 to do what? And <laughs> so, um, yeah, like it's going to be a roller coaster, but it's going to be the f- a super fun roller coaster. And, yeah. um, you know, there's going to be lows and then you're just going to get back up and yeah. you're just going to keep going and it's going to be fun. So just like embrace it and go for it and just try stuff and also let yourself rest too. (laughs) So that was like kind of a lot of advice in one, but I would say like, that would be, if I could say like two sentences to myself, I would say, it's not going to be what you expect. It's going to be so much better. Yes. Oh, I think that's the most powerful note to really leave this episode on. And I just want to say like absolute power to you. It's been so amazing being able to like celebrate your growth whilst we were working together, but also after we've been working together as well. That's one thing I absolutely love is those continued relationships we have. And to hear that you've signed a $6,000 client. I mean, I remember celebrating the very first client you signed that was like $1,000. It was $300. My first $300. (laughs) now $6,000 packages like that is just phenomenal and I'm so proud of you and the business owner that you've evolved into the level of self-trust and confidence that you really embody with every step that you take now and it makes me so happy to see you continuing to make an impact at this point in your journey so where can our listeners find you if they would like to connect with you on a more personal level Okay, for sure. Um, I'm interview coach Ellie on everything so I'm primarily on Instagram and LinkedIn uh, interview coach Ellie and spelled E-L-L-I-E if you're listening. And um, I am also on TikTok as well, uh, not posting as frequently. And also I post pretty much everything I post on Instagram on TikTok. So uh, Instagram is really the place to find me as well as LinkedIn. Amazing. Well, all of your links will be in the episode description anyway. But once again, Ellie, thank you for joining us in this episode of the nine to five exit strategy series. I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to share the insights into the last 12 months of your journey with everyone. And I'm sure so many people are going to be massively impacted from your story. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share. It's been a pleasure. So that's a wrap on another episode of the Empower Them podcast. If you want more from me, then make sure you come say hi over on Instagram at Empower with M and let me know your thoughts on this episode. If you love the podcast, then don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review to help us grow this platform. Now, before you go, I'm going to leave you with one final question to sit with an action stepping away from today's episode. How can you go out into the world today and do something small that will empower those around you in some way?